Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the cats, right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the cats. If it is a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show is brought to you by First Watch. We'll tell you a little bit more about their fantastic breakfast and lunch in just a bit on this edition of the show we will be talking kentucky's win over texas a&m it got close late but kentucky pulled away several interesting things happened tonight including jamal baker kind of taking another step forward and emmanuel quickly showing out for two his second game in a row uh, we'll touch on both of those uh, try to decipher some of some of john calipari's postgame comments because he was trying to call some people out uh, we'll figure out try to figure out who that was uh, and uh, we will also talk about the big guys and how they performed. It was it was an interesting uh, kind of deal for those guys. Uh, let's start out uh, with the two guys that I mentioned at the top there quickly, and Jamal Baker. Both performed really well, I thought, off the bench, and that was kind of the overarching theme of the game. I feel like uh, starters kind of stunk. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the, the, the bench uh, is the reason they won this game, and Ashton Higgins and Tyler Hero, but we'll, we'll get to them. They're kind of usual suspects at this point. Um but it was it was Baker, it was quickly, and it was also uh, EJ Montgomery and uh, Nick Richards. Really, more Nick Richards early. Um, it was 10-0, and then 12-2 Texas A&M, and then it was something like a like a 26-4 blitz. Kentucky opened up, uh, you know, like a 14. I think they got up by as many as 14 in both halves. Um, but to come come back from down like that, and it, and it was really all all the bench guys. Uh, quickly, you know, had a couple steals uh, early, hit a three. Um, you know, Jamal Baker had three assists today. Had a four point play. Yeah, that was uh, cool. That, you know, you, know, you gotta love seeing a four point yeah. play. Those are so rare. But in the um, corner, and had a great. He was really good passing the ball. Uh, had a great cross court pass. At I one thought point he had early. two that were like really two good. really good ones, but one in that yeah. run early across court to Tyler Hero for a three. Um, Nick Richards came in and in a r- quick blink, um, I think he had like five points and uh, you know block shot or two. EJ Montgomery had two blocks and a steal. Um, yeah, I mean Emmanuel quickly ended up with ten points, three steals, two assists in thirteen minutes. I mean those guys were super efficient. Uh, Jamal Baker had four points, three assists, no turnovers, one turnover uh, in thirteen minutes. E.J. Montgomery, four points, two rebounds, two blocks, and a steal in 12 minutes. Uh, and then Nick Richards, uh, five points and uh, two blocks in 11 minutes. So those guys, like, all combined, when you put that all together, they all, they all played 10, 11, 12 minutes, but all gave them really, you know, efficient performances in those, those minutes. So that's those four guys off the bench. Uh, that's 23 points in – 46-ish minutes combined. That's a great – I mean, that's a great bench number. And they haven't really had that. It's usually mm-hmm. been, you know, the starters, and we're talking about, well, what's wrong with Emmanuel quickly? And can Jamal Baker earn a bigger role? And will one of Nick Richards and E.J. Montgomery, you know, turn it on? Well, tonight, you know, as a two-man, you know, group, Richards and, and uh, E.J. Montgomery had nine points, three rebounds, four blocks. 
Yeah, the blocks are, I think, I mean, what stand out the most. That, and in combined 23 minutes. Yeah. Nine points, three rebounds, I, four blocks <laughs> in 23 minutes off the bench from your big guys. That's good. Perfect. I mean, that's perfect. I mean, you need a couple more rebounds probably from those guys, but mm-hmm. that's perfect. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the, a lot, it was kind of uh, tragically funny in the sense that when Nick Richards pick up, picked up his second foul in the first half, he was pleading not to come out of the game because he right, was playing, he was playing so, so well. well. Yeah. And, and, but, but, you know, Calipari, Gave him some energy. Calipari that just, that's just his rule. by his rule. And with bench guys, though, I don't get that. I don't either. Like, I, I disagree with that, and I think he should have left him in and let him play that out and let him continue to kind of play that heater. In the first half, yeah, honestly. You got EJ yeah. there. Those other guys aren't in foul trouble. I would have let Nick Richards play till he had five. Yeah. But that's just me. Um, but, you know, the bench so bench points ended up 23-9. to nine. That's the difference in the game. Yep. It's a 14-point margin. They win the game. They win the game by 11. <laughs> we'll get to that at the end. Yeah. <laughs> but it should have been 14. So that's basically the difference in the game. Um, and I'll, that's on a night, you know, on a night where people will say, well, they had a bad start. Uh, you know, they didn't win very convincingly against a now 6-7 and seven Texas A&M team. Not a good A&M team. Um, but they win by double digits fairly comfortably after a little bit of a scare. In a night, on a night where Reed Travis – Kind of was non-existent again. Yeah. And P.J. Washington didn't do anything until there were about 12 minutes to go in the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally nothing. With with 12 minutes to go in the game, he had zero points and one rebound. He well, finished with nine, five, a couple assists. He played – he did what he does. He had like a crazy stretch where he really dominant. impacted the game. It was dominant, and Cal talked about that again tonight. But to do that, to to have a double-digit win on a night where two of your three best players – give you very little most of the night says your bench played really well, well you so could that, almost, like i think that's the biggest you could almost say take away from three that. of your best four because Keldon didn't have a, a great yes Keldon johnson also yes i thought he played very poorly i thought his defense was suspect yeah and that um, was and, and i always harken back to this in my mind when when calipari talks about team defense specifically and it's something Kenny Payne was talking about when he talked about Keldon Johnson a couple weeks Everybody's ago. Everybody's doing the right thing, and one guy's off the reservation. It usually feels like it's Keldon Johnson. And, and the way Kenny Payne described it is it's like we're playing a box in one, and Keldon's just chasing his guy, right. but we're not playing and a box was, it, in one. Yeah, it was like that again tonight. And then offensively, he was two for nine. He missed all four of his threes. I'm like a curse <laughs> with this guy. So I say, or 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 like he's the he wants to do the opposite of what I say, make me look bad. I say he can't shoot threes. He goes on a total bender shooting 60-some percent, <laughs> then I say, okay, he needs to be the guy getting all the shots, and then he can't make a shot now. But, um, yeah, to your point, yeah, I guess three of their four best players didn't play well most of the night. P.J. Yeah. did play well in a burst, but, you know, Reed and, and Keldon were, were, I'd say, off pretty much the whole game. And then P.J. had a, just a small window, and you still – you're up 13 with <laughs> – 14 with – Point three seconds left. Yeah, and uh, finally, uh, we'll, we'll wrap talking about the bench guys here. Was it just a moment on on Jamal Baker because he he was fun to talk to, and this was his first. It was a cool moment. It was his first time he ever got to do post game interviews. Yeah, and uh, he walks out there, and when he was, when he saw the crowd because it's much bigger than pregame interviews, and even like media day where that's right. so spread out, he was just kind of like, "Whoa!" Yeah, he <laughs> said, "I didn't expect it to be like this." And then I said, "Did you? What do you think of all this?" He said, "I like it." I love it. <laughs> and somebody responded to me on Twitter, did he want some more of it? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Try so hard. I can't uh, rise above it. Yeah. Don't know what it is about that little girl's loving, but I like it. I love it. I want some more of it. Anyway, um, 
um I, I, I like that's the thing and he just he has a great personality from the standpoint of he's constantly been asked and i don't know how many different ways we can come up with asking this question but it's you know everybody said you were just a shooter right and then he's you, just kind of people are surprised that you don't suck at defense <laughs> and like you can pass and stuff <laughs> and, and he just gets this little smile on his face he goes i knew, I knew. yeah yeah and no so, I, he's a very i He's a delightful kid. I didn't know that either, and and I've enjoyed getting to talk to him a little bit here lately. I think he's he has become uh, a super super fan favorite. Yeah, because one, he's the guy that comes in and makes threes, but also because I think people are rooting for him. I mean, mm-hmm. he missed a year and a half with knee injuries, and people didn't know if he'd ever play or if he was any good. And I asked him tonight, "Is it hard for you to? Was it hard at sometimes to envision this moment now?" Then and he said, "Yeah, it was hard to see it, but I had to believe it." And Cal Perry, you know, he talked about for the new year. He had him read the book, uh, pick a word that sort of defined what they want or what they want to define their year. And his word was faith. And I thought that was good too because he said, "You know, I couldn't see it, but I had to believe that it was going to happen." Mm-hmm. And that's the definition of faith. Yep. Um, so coming up next, with speaking of John Calipari, we'll we'll kind of try to decipher some of his post game comments, uh, specifically him not being happy with guys going under screens. But first, let's tell you a little bit about uh, First Watch, which was recently voted Lexington's best breakfast. And Kyle, I know you love to take your family there. Yep. Always take care of us. Great million-dollar bacon. Candied, delicious bacon. Seems like it shouldn't be legal, but it (laughs) is, and it's great. Uh, Always good breakfast and lunch stuff. They don't serve dinner, so don't show up at dinner time. But an awesome breakfast and lunch spot. We love all the food there. All the seasonal stuff is really cool. Uh, delicious kind of pancakes and French toast and uh, eggs, all the kind of ways you want to eat them. And uh, they're great service to take care of me and the twins and my wife. And don't uh, don't shame us for having wild little toddlers uh, in their establishment. But <laughs> as, Kyle, as Kyle said, they're just a breakfast and lunch spot. They're open from 7 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. every day, and they get busy. But First Watch now has a mobile app which allows you to check and see wait times and even get in line before you're there. It is so easy. They got three restaurants in Lexington, which are all locally owned, and a few over in Louisville and up in Cincinnati. So if you're in those areas listening, you can go check out those spots as well. First watch. Yeah, it's fresh. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. Um, Before we get to what John Calipari had to say, we should mention we have set a time and a place for the 100th recording of the Locked On Kentucky podcast, we will be at Skyline Chili on Richmond Road at 12.30 p.m. on Thursday to record our 100th episode. So if you're listening and in driving distance of Lexington, come and hang with us. Uh, we don't know what all we'll be, be doing there, but we'll be there and we'll be eating some conies and we'd love to see you guys there. Absolutely. And, I, and I, you know, this is impromptu, but I think I'll give something away the, if people want to come out. I'm going to make a requirement. We'll get to it, but I think I'm going to make it a requirement. You'll have to show me that you've subscribed to our podcast I like that. and that you have subscribed to The Athletic. <laughs> and I, I, I actually, they allowed us to buy a bunch of the gear because they sent us a bunch of gear for The Athletic, some really cool like shirts and hats and stuff. Yeah. And I liked it so much. A lot of people did that we asked if we could order more. And so I ordered a bunch and I ordered some extras in case at some point I wanted to do some kind of giveaways like this. But there there's, we have some shirts and a couple hats. Uh, we'll talk more about it on the next podcast so people know what's up. And uh, we'll be tweeting it out on all our social medias, including on Twitter, at LockedOnUK, so you can stay tuned to those. Uh, and you can go back and check all the information there. Um, so John Calipari, I mean, his, his bigger point today was, one, he was disappointed in the effort again. 
uh, which is, I guess it's kind of becoming a, a theme the past two games. And then his over his other overarching message was that he said when they had two games that everybody thought they were going to lose, which was Louisville and North Carolina, the team came together. After they won those two games, the team kind of broke apart a little bit, and he like did these hand motions. Uh, and Got said, a little cocky, started doing their own thing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so... Like, what are you seeing out there, Kyle, when you're talking about effort and those kind of things? Well, when you get down 10-0 at home, uh, coming, off a, or, you know, coming off a disappointing loss, you'd think you're going to come out fired up. That's not good. But when you're, when you're down like that and then you're up 14 in the same half, you've made a really significant push. And in that time, you've played a bunch of really good basketball with good energy, played like a team. Some of that was the bench, but some of the starters came in and, and, and started playing. In the second half, when you're up by 14 – uh, and they cut it to two. Uh, there's obviously a lapse there, but when you back up 14 at the end of the game, you've made a significant push. And, and you know, they really executed, I thought, really well at the end of the game. When, when they had a chance to blow it, they, they, you know, locked in, dialed in, played good offense, played good defense. Um, so, yes, I think there's some, there is, was, were issues again, but I, there were. And in the Alabama game, you, you get down, and, but the way they finished that game, I think, was really encouraging. I think it's just a process of, with a lot of these guys, the acknowledgement that not just every game for every opponent, but all game, every game for every opponent, you've got to have that same energy. Because it's clear when they turn, when they flip the switch, and then they're, they can do almost anything. You know, I mean, they, they roar back against Seton Hall and have a chance. They, they roar back against Alabama and have a chance. The only game we've seen them lay down like dogs was the the Duke game, and that was just a bunch of young dudes who were shell shocked. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we've seen in the wins and also in uh, some of the struggles that they they have it in them. They've just got to find a way to kind of harness that focus for you know they keep talking about forty minutes. I don't think it has to be forty minutes, but you can't have ten <laughs> minute you know you can't have ten minute lapses. Yeah, uh, the specific thing in-game on defense that Calipari was talking about tonight was guys going under screens, and he... Going under screens when the game plan was do not go under screens, go (laughs) over screens, like explicitly, (laughs) and then one guy, they said, let him shoot, don't even bother, and that guy ball faked a guy three times. Those are those are bad. Like, well, like yes. we're telling you one specific thing, and you're doing the exact opposite. And and uh, you know, so F, he Calipari challenged us and said, you know, that's a good question. Ask them, meaning the players. And so I, as when Calipari instructs me to do something, I do it, Kyle. And so I went and we <laughs> we talked to the the three players after the game: Jamal Baker, Tyler Hero, and Emmanuel. Quickly, and I asked all three of them if any of them went under screens. Uh, Jamal Baker said no. Right. <laughs> I wanted to stay on the floor as as we were talking about. He's enjoying any playing time he's getting. Emmanuel quickly said no. I didn't go any under under screens. But then uh, kind of threw a Let teammate it's... under the bus. Yeah, a he bit. said Cal got on Ashton a couple times. <laughs> but he also said Ashton's such a good defender. Yeah. Nobody's really worried about him. So I don't know if he was the primary. I think I think we might if we go back and look we might see some some Kelton Johnson. Yeah, going under some screens. Uh, but yeah, that's interesting. If it was Ashton, that's really interesting because. We haven't even mentioned him yet. We wanted to talk about some of well, those, other, me, uh, those me, other guys. Let but. me wrap with uh, the last guy, which was the only player in postgame that admitted to oh, going Tyler to un- Hero, under, yes. under screen was Tyler Hero. He did say he did that. Yeah, himself, he did that so. once. And, and then I, I followed up and asked, you know, why that would happen. And he said, which, you know, we can theorize and, and kind of piece together that it's once you're in the heat of the moment and you're out there and you're battling, you just kind of lose your head for a minute. And he admitted as such. And so, you know... It, 
sometimes when we think something right. like that happens, it actually happens, and you can hear it from the horse's mouth. Yeah, there, and you know, if somebody like Ashton Hagens is capable of making that mistake, who's an elite, elite defender at this point, you know, it, it's going to happen with young dudes. But we have not mentioned Ashton Hagens, and we should mention Ashton Hagens. Do it because he continues to be, I think, the heartbeat of the team. Uh, Eighteen points tonight. Not known for his offense, but he was again driving, 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 getting fouled, getting the free throw line. He made ten of eleven free throws. Very good. He's shooting at a great clip for the season, and I think that's another reason he needs to be in attack mode and take some of these shots himself. A couple times tonight, even he passed when I think he could have kept going. But 18 points, 10 of 11 from the free throw line, four of six from the field, much better shooting the ball, hit a mid range jumper tonight, took another one, tried to take another one. And uh, Calipari uh, said that everybody says he can't shoot, but he can. Yeah, I mean, talking he's not about a great shooter, but he's, he's much better. His form's looking better. Uh, 18 points, four assists, one turnover, but again, five steals. Mm -hmm. So he now has 18 steals in the last four games, which is ridiculous. He had eight, then three, then three, then five, the school record being eight. Uh, He's averaging 6.4 steals per 40 minutes over the last four games. And as I said after the game, at this point, he has to be the front runner for SEC Defensive Player of the Year, and he's got to be on the short list for National Defensive Player of the Year. He's getting a lot of attention now on television and in other places for this defense, and he keeps backing it up. People talk about it, and then you know, if you're watching him for the first time, it's like, oh, pick six, pick six, pick six. I mean, there was a, a moment there uh, tonight, not the last time that, that a made a run, but one of the early times, uh, and I think they'd gotten it to within like three or four points, or maybe six. I think it was six points. Yes, it was six points. And he had a one-man, basically, 8-0 run. He had a steal and layup, a steal and tried to get a layup and got flagrant fouled, got tackled, and then there was a technical that ensued, a bunch of technicals. So he hits four of four free throws. So he's a, he has two steals and six points himself in, like, 30 seconds. And then he has an assist to, uh, I think, Keldon Johnson or somebody inside. So in the span of, I think it was 73 seconds of game clock, their lead went from 6 to 14. And that was... 100% Ashton Hagens. I mean, he is – he's a freak show defensively. And then, you know, towards the end of the game, it was, you know, drive and get fouled, drive and lay up, you know, steal, deflection. He had probably had four or five times tonight where he deflected it, didn't, didn't end up in a steal, but he got his hands on the ball. He is, like, unbelievable Yes. at this point. And then uh, the other guy we haven't mentioned is Tyler Hero. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll mention Tyler Hero and then talk about the last play of the game – and why it might have caused some people a lot of pain. You are Locked On Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. So Tyler Hero, very efficient. Uh, He was kind of back to almost Louisville level, not quite that shooting percentage, but he did a lot of good things tonight on the offensive side of the uh, game. Yeah, 21 points, five rebounds. Uh, he did have four turnovers, but he shot the ball well. He's 7 of 14 from the field. He's, he was 3 of 6 until I think the last minute or so. And ended up 3 of 7 from 3. Made all four of his free throws. Kentucky was 21 of 23 from the free throw line. They Actually, are – they continue to be like a up, terrific well, – like by far, I think, Calipari's best free throw shooting. Well, team. and look at look at both of those teams, the free Other throw teams, shooting. Yeah, 12 of thir- – probably there are probably not a whole lot of games where the combined free throws were – was this 33 of 36? That's good. That's stuff. a good, good game of free throw shooting. 
Um, Someone did a tweet me and asked how to improve Kentucky's free throw defense, and I suggested you bring back Billy Gillespie and uh, show him how to block some free throws. Yes. Were you around for that? <laughs> no, but I've heard, I've heard about it. Yeah. <laughs> heard about it. Um, but, yeah, Tyler Hero, two of his last three games, he's been really good. Yeah. You know, not great in that uh, Alabama game. Kind of came down a little bit, but he did hit a couple more threes in that game, and he hit a big one late and was willing and ready, willing, and not quite able to take and make the, the game winner uh, in that Alabama game. I, I think Hero is definitely still trending up, and so many of these guys are. I mean, quickly, uh, I don't think we mentioned the, the overall numbers for quickly who had 10 points today, but this was the fourth time in the last six games that he's made two-plus threes. Well, he's made two in all those games. Uh, and so for the last six games, he's 8 of 15 from three after shooting like 17% or whatever it was uh, prior was, to that. And he was a good three-point shooter in high school. He won a bunch of three-point contests, won the McDonald's three-point contest. He should be a good three-point shooter, and that is bearing itself out now. And you're seeing why Calipari said this should be one of my better three-point shooting teams because Tyler Hero was a really good three-point shooter in high school. He was mm-hmm. a really good three-point shooter in the Bahamas. He's getting back to that now. Uh, Emmanuel quickly is. Jamal Baker gives them a really good three-point shooter. Um, Kelton Johnson was hitting at a great clip. He's fallen off, but he's proven that in clusters, you know, he can get hot and make a bunch. This is a team that shooting should not be a weakness. Um, and I think as that, you know, bears continues to bear itself out, pretty significant. Yeah. Um, I, I just – I guess the, the only thing with Tyler, like a negative and – not to rain on the parade, but some of his passes tonight were a little bit head scratching. I guess is a well, decent Cal way to put it. What did Cal say? He was the worst passer he's ever coached. <laughs> yeah, he's had a couple good passing games, but he <laughs> does he does some yeah he does some any head scratchers. Yeah, yeah, there was. It's like he well the one uh, the two that kind of stick out in my mind, and I think Kentucky ended up getting the ball out ball back on the second one. It didn't. It looked like he didn't know if he wanted to shoot it or pass it. So it was like this hook that just kind of went between the basket, and I, I don't know which post player it was, but then it was tipped by an A&M guy, and it went out of bounds, so Kentucky got it back. But in the first half, he had uh, he had a runner, and Nick Richards was under the basket, and no one was around him, and instead of shooting it, he tried to dump it off to Richards, and it just goes out of bounds. Um, but uh, the thing that I thought Hero did a good job tonight of was attacking the basket and, and grabbing some rebounds. That was something that... Got a uh, couple it, in traffic, a yeah. couple offensive, two offensive rebounds. Yeah, five rebounds. That's a great number for him. What it, was he was the second leading rebounder, right behind Tied with PJ? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, Kelton, Kelton had six. Had six. Uh, um, so yeah, I mean that's if that if you can get if you can like it, I'm kind of think if any rebounds from Tyler Hero is almost just a bonus considering the guys that are in the front court and how they in theory gobble should gobble up rebounds. So uh, that's a positive uh, step for him. We'll wrap with this. Uh, <laughs> going to the monitor was kind of a theme. Throughout the, yep, the game, quite a few of those. I think there was there was three extended ones. You mentioned the the dust up that led to Ashton yep. Haggins having four there free was a throws. F- a flagrant uh, offsetting technicals on uh, PJ and a Texan M guy, and then a contact dead ball. Uh, yeah. So basically, the way I saw it was, um, you know, you had the intentional on Haggins, and then 
Washington and an A&M guy got into it, and they, so they offset. And then another another A&M guy ran in late and basically pushed Washington away from the other A&M and he guy. He got so, a technical. So, so that's he got where that Hagen's got the four consecutive yeah, free throws. Yeah, uh, and then they also went to the monitor on what I believe, and I, I think they said it on the broadcast, the hook and hold call, which is a point of emphasis this year. And oh, on Jamal Baker. On Jamal Baker, where you basically if you hook a, a rebounder, it is, an, it is a flagrant foul. And so they went to the monitor on that. And then at the end of the game, and the people in Vegas were spe- uh, specifically in tune to this, they went to the monitor and put some extra time on the clock. I didn't see how much. was. The, it was a point eight, I believe. Point eight, Which and is then, enough, yeah. which is very important. Yes, because, because Kentucky was up by 14 points. And, and Hagens had, like, thrown the ball up in the air, right? Like, like If he had game thrown over. it towards the basket, I think time would have expired. But it landed, but just threw it landed it sh- out of bounds. Straight up, I guess, Oh, and the they, issue. So they stopped the clock. Um, it was ridiculous. I mean, he was just dribbling out the clock. And the game's over. There's no shot you could make to get back in it. You're up 14. They put .8 on the clock. And A&M inbounds it and just heaves a three-quarter court shot swish at the buzzer. And that is a dagger. If you got in on the action at the opening line of Kentucky 12 and a half, because they're up 14, it closed at 14 and a half. So if you bet on it today, you probably didn't care. You'd already already lost it anyway, or you were screaming like for Higgins to score one more (laughs) bucket. But if you got in at 12 and a half or 13 or 13 and a half, You're dying when they're up 14 and they put a half second on the clock and they hit a three-quarter court shot at the buzzer to win by 11. That is one of the all-time bad beats. I tweeted it at Scott Van Pelt. I hope it makes SportsCenter tonight. He does that segment. I mean, that's one. That's about as bad as it gets. Yeah, you know, because just, it means nothing to anybody, and they're trying to just dribble out the clock and throw the ball up in the air. The officials review. That was where They go to the monitor to add time for no reason. Like... <laughs> Like, that makes you feel like, do these dudes have some money on the game? Like, why would you add any time to the clock? But even still, they had to go three quarters of the court, and they just flung it right in. Yep. I, that That is a bad beat. I would love to know how much money, probably not a ton on a game like that, yeah, but probably not. how much money swung on a meaningless heave with an extra play added to the clock. That's why you got to stay tuned. Don't gamble. Don't gamble. Unless you, unless we have a gambling sponsor we on the podcast, uh, in which case during those times, <laughs> gamble responsibly. <laughs> well said, Kyle. Um, thanks again to First Watch for sponsoring this edition of the show. Be sure to be following along on social. Find us on Facebook. Search Locked On Kentucky. Uh, find us on Twitter at Locked On UK. And I want to say congratulations to our very good friend and sometimes podcast guest. Ben Roberts and his wife Monica on the birth of their beautiful baby girl who surprised them in the middle of the night and came five weeks early but is healthy and and gorgeous and mom is healthy. Everybody's healthy and happy, probably not getting much sleep. But uh, baby Annette was born, I think, two nights ago now. I can't even keep track. Um, But we're really excited for Ben. Uh, Anybody that follows me knows how much I love being a dad and bragging about my kids <laughs> and so welcome to a really cool club ben congratulations to them and we'll have to have him on soon to talk to him about how hard is it to cover <laughs> recruiting when you don't sleep 
Ben had a had an early enrollee come into his yeah. life. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I think he said you're going to be playing home games again soon. I think they're going to go home from the hospital here soon. All right. Um, be sure to be following us on Twitter. I'm at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H, and you can find on my timeline all the postgame interviews from John Calipari, Billy Kennedy, Emmanuel Quickly, Tyler Hero, and Jamal Baker. Follow Kyle on Twitter. At Kyle Tucker underscore ATH. And be sure to be reading all his work on The Athletic. Thank you so much for listening to Locked On Kentucky. Please rate, review, subscribe, and the most importantly, share it with somebody else who would enjoy this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. You are Locked On Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. Check, check, check.